years and that's really the point of the last few years is choosing love over fear and choosing that no matter what happens trusting that we're okay no matter what happens trusting that we're on the path because we trust ourselves enough to make the right choice at the right time rather than looking at the negative and really what i've what i've really come to learn over the past you know the talk of fifth dimensional consciousness and and living in 5D really is a perspective it is a perspective shift you got to accentuate the positive wow i feel good you're listening to Karen Swain, teacher of deliberate creation, accentuating the positive, showing you a way to a better life. Accentuating the positive, it's not just bad, it's sanity. Who in their right mind would accentuate anything else? Hello and welcome to another show, Accentuating the Positive with Karen Swain. Always wonderful to be with you again. And please remember, if you're liking the show, subscribe, share them with your friends, send us, give us a like button, make a comment, tell us what you think. We love that. If you're listening on YouTube or if you're listening to it on any of the other platforms, I'm uploading to Odyssey, Rumble, a few of the other platforms. And uh, I have a gorgeous goddess to introduce you to today, <laughs> Bianca Battaglia. Welcome to the show, Hello. Darling. Welcome, welcome. Hi, Karen. So great. Look at her gorgeous. For those people listening on audio, she's got a beautiful fern background, a big window behind her. It looks gorgeous. Let me tell you a little bit about Bianca, what she's been up to for the last few years. Well, for most of her life. So Bianca grew up in several countries throughout Asia and has worked in many different fields, ranging from hospitality. She owned her own cafe for a while, technical engineering or a technical engineer. Uh, yeah. News library, TV and film program coordinator and manager. You've done it all. Life coaching, psychic card reader, Reiki and shamanic <laughs> healer and spiritual guide. She experienced her spiritual awakening in 2012. Like many people in 2012, there was a mass awakening in 2012. Yeah. I remember years ago, oh, 20 years ago, a group had me over to the house to quiz me and ask me questions. And they said, do you think the, the world's going to end in 2012? <laughs> remember everyone was there the world was going to yeah. end. But uh, yeah, we, there was a mass uh, awakening and much like what's going on at the moment. So many of the people I speak with on the show have had a spiritual awakening around 2012. Uh, and it happened through a self-awareness process of personal development and changing your physical and mental diet to a much cleaner, more raw, more vegan diet. And, you, and uh, from that, you experienced many mystical and otherworldly experiences which i'd love you to share with us i have yeah bianca developed her own intuitive language remembering several of her soul gifts around this time such as her claircognizance clairsentience clairaudience clairvoyance channeling shamanic ritual and other soul expressions and the laws of oh here we go we were, oh, oh, it says here, bianca is obsessed with all things to do with manifesting and the laws of the universe diving deep into the belief of the i am creator and what effects this has on our outer reality in this 3d realm using the quantum field 
building the new earth in an abundant abundance matrix and planetary energy alchemy communication being at the core she now considers what she does to be the will of the one infinite creator and your website is intuitivehealingchannel.com yes yes thank you for such a lovely introduction (laughs) yeah i'm really feeling the changing your diet thing at the moment i have been pretty resistant to that mind you i've changed my diet massively over the years thinking that i had a healthy diet but you know came christmas or the beginning of this year when i was um, taken down with the flu it is the diet that has had a huge difference on my physical structure so what happened to you in 2012 like you said you were doing some yeah so actually what what led me to change my diet because like pre-2012 I really wasn't actually pre-2007 really um I really wasn't into spirituality at all like I wasn't one of those people that grew up with that kind of thing although my mum had a massive influence um and she she was always like all the books that she read, uh, you know, she did the silver method and all those kind of things way back in the eighties. So, and Tony Robbins and all of those kind of self-help stuff, um, you know, the power of now, like I think the power of now is probably one of the first books I ever read. Um, just my mum and chicken soup for the soul and all those kind of really positive, uh, positive books and spiritual books. But Um, In terms of me realizing or thinking that I was spiritual, wasn't even aware of that before like 2012-ish. You know, I used to smoke cigarettes. I used to drink a lot. I used to do all that kind of thing. And um, I can't remember what year exactly, but I think it was around 2011, uh, maybe even 2010. My mum uh didn't really tell us but she we found out like the night before she went into to surgery that she had bowel cancer and she lives in another country so me and my sister kind of freaked out flew straight to Macau the next day and um I ended up staying with her for about three and a half months and because she didn't want to do any radiotherapy or um chemo she decided that she was going to give herself and her body um she's going to rejuvenate all her cells through diet healthy eating and through cleansing her body that way uh because really what her belief system was is that the cancerous cells are only there in acidic environments so if you alkaline your body as much as possible um of course the body is supposed to be acidic and the stomach's supposed to be acidic in the sense that um, in the sense that it needs to break down foods and fatty fatty foods and things like that but it needs to be balanced right so there was an imbalance there so she wanted to uh, bring it back into balance through food and so I stayed with her for three and a half months in Macau where she lives and where she's from both my parents are from Macau and um, and learned all this stuff with her about how to eat right for your type, how to eat right for your body, what foods are alkaline, what foods are not, all those kind of things. Um, anyway, she's healthy. She's better now. You know, she's she still lives in Macau. So she, she did that through healthy eating. 
what happened after that is that I came back to Australia, went back into my job in media. And I think what really got me was I ended up leaving my job in media because it just didn't feel right. And I just kind of had this epiphany one day and I was just like, I'm not happy here. Why am I doing this? I'm doing it for money. It's not really serving my soul. So I left without kind of any savings and um, left a really good job, actually. Uh, it's not that I had a bad job. I had I worked with great people and had a really good job, but um, it just wasn't something was missing. So I left and I ended up um, going back into hospitality just to, to make like as a waitress and just to make minimum wage to pay my rent. And while I was there, I, I was working at this cool little place in Bondi that had opened up. I started doing personal development courses um, with T. Harvecker. He's a Canadian multimillionaire. His inn is kind of, my, my auntie actually got me into it, which was so wonderful. I think back in 2007, she, she bought a ticket for Tony Robbins and bought one for her daughter and her daughter didn't want to go. So she invited me and I was just like, this is great. I love this stuff. So when she bought a ticket for um, this, this guy, T. Harvecker, she, she also invited me. She was like, oh, you know, my daughter doesn't want to do it. Do you want to come along? I'm like, yes, let's go. So we ended up doing this university course together. And while I was doing that, um, I had eaten, I was eating okay, but I worked in a kind of a bar restaurant place. So the food, you know, I still drank alcohol, just not that much. And um, what had happened was going through all these personal development things, I just realized how much fun I had not being intoxicated, not, not having any addictions to anything really, and just enjoying life on such a high vibrational level. And what really started my journey on getting um, healthy or eating, cleansing my diet so much was um, after my mum having that scare, I went to the bathroom and I thought I saw some blood. So I went to go and get, ask the doctor for a colonoscopy because there's that in my, in my history, in my family history. Anyway, he said, you can't have a colonoscopy until like the next available time is like in 11 and a half months time. And I was like, yep, I'll take it. And I'll use that 11 and a half months to really clean my body. Um, so that when I do the test, they won't, have anything come up and I was like 32 at the time 30 yeah around 32 at the time 33 and um what happened was for that whole time I was still working in hospitality in this bar restaurant place I completely cut out all like acidic foods I I ate only raw vegetables for the whole year um and no, no sugars, no, I probably cut too much oil out. I probably could have done with a bit more oil in my diet and things like that. But um, I was so light and living such a high vibe life that um, in, in uh, Malaysia at one of these courses, I went to a warrior course and um, it's, 
like everything just started to happen. I really had mystical experiences. I, you know, a king cobra came up and I was telepathically communicating with it, like sending love to it and like sending it off. And, and that was in front of like 40 people. It wasn't, you know, by myself being drugged out somewhere. It was just completely because I was just vibrating at such a high level. I was just receiving so much information. Um, but yeah, that was the journey. And about a year later, it was quite funny. Uh, on my behalf, I'd look back on it and think how hilarious it was, is that I ate beetroot about a year later. I don't eat beetroot very often. And when I did, I looked in the toilet and freaked out. I had the same freak out thing and realized probably a year before it wasn't blood in the toilet. It was beetroot that I ate <laughs> that started this entire journey for me, you know? So yeah, that was, that was it. I definitely have a more balanced diet now and not to the extreme, but um, in, in the years that have passed, you know, five years ago, I've done dry fasting. I've done fasting, water fasting. I've done, um, yeah, all those kind of those fads and things. I highly recommend, I can highly recommend fasting when somebody's really sick, but um, I wouldn't recommend dry fasting for anyone really, unless you really know what you're doing. I did it to see how far I could push my my body. I did a dry fast for nearly four days, which is no water, no food. So nothing in your mouth, not even showers. That was interesting. Wow. Um, I was even doing like my normal routine. Like I was going to the gym and things like that. So I was and yeah. not consuming anything. Yeah. yeah. I think there's a lot to be said for fasting. It just gives your body a break. Yeah. It gives your body a break because the metabolism, you know, takes a lot of energy and stuff to metabolize. Yeah. Metabolize food. You know, oh, there's so much to say about this. Years ago, but 20 years ago, when I went over to see John of God, this is after I had done five years full-time study as an atropath. I met these two Sufi women and they fell madly in love with me and I fell madly in love with them. And I remember one of them was talking about acidic diets and she said she had this big bowl of green food like massive bowl of green food she was as skinny as a rake and she was eating this and she said you know if you change your diet to an alkaline diet you can eat as much as you like and I'll tell you why and I said why and she said basically when you eat a, an acidic diet acid it is like tea and coffee and chocolates and any processed foods, basically. Right. Yes, there's <laughs> not to, many alkaline foods. There's not many alkaline, like green leafies is basically it. And um, we're not, not only it, she said, but if you change to an alkaline diet, what happens with the body is that the organs of your body cover themselves in fat to protect themselves from the acid in the bloodstream when you have too much acid in your blood. And so when you, you change from an acid diet to an alkaline diet, the organs release the fat and you just drop weight. Uh, you can eat more than you did on an acid diet, but the organs don't need to protect themselves from the acidity. So they just let go of the fat. And I, I remember thinking no one had ever told me that like five years, full-time study <laughs> was a naturopath and no one had ever yeah. explained it to me like that. Like that. And I was like, wow. Yeah. I know, but you get this good information. Do we listen to it or do we get addicted to our coffees and teas and sugars and, uh, you know, 
the 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 food that we get yeah get addicted to so it does take great commitment great patience to yeah will. fast will there needs to be a purpose you know yeah you need to have a purpose and and that's what if i find with anything that i'm willing to commit to is i only go the distance when i have true purpose right when i'm committed to that purpose and like with your mom it took getting cancer to give her that commitment and that purpose right yeah. So the purpose is, uh, I don't want to die, so I'm going to change the way I eat. With, with, yeah, that's right. With many people too. And I think yeah. that diet is a conversation that many podcasters have and in the health genre industry. And But it's not just diet. But mind you, when you shift your diet radically, you have to shift the way you think radically you as do. well. Yeah, uh, that happens, yeah. happens naturally. Yeah. Um, Definitely for me, I was always very sporty. So even though I used to smoke cigarettes and things, I used to run 10 miles a day, like two hour running sessions per day. And that went on for like two and a half years. And I was a 25 a pack smoker per day, still running. So it's, yeah, it's, they, they affect each other for sure. The inner and outer worlds are always constantly in interaction with each other. Um, I find as soon as I have that, that purpose now, you know, as for me, I thought, oh, I don't want to have bowel cancer or anything like that. So I was still working in hospitality around alcohol, around delicious food. Um, and it was just so easy for me. Those 12 months that I was a raw vegan was really easy. It didn't feel like I was challenged, maybe sometimes with a chocolate brownie and ice cream but I didn't have any, like I literally did not eat, consume anything other than yeah, I, really. I even cut out pulses and like grains. Um, when I went to Malaysia at warrior camp in light of warrior camp, um, they didn't have the food that I was used to eating. And so I just ate what they were giving me. Cause it was a, I was there for over two weeks. Um, I, I ate what they were giving me and it was wheat and I hadn't had wheat in my body for, for over 12 months. And literally in within two hours, my entire body just swelled up and I could barely move my fingers. Um, yeah, so the body people, just is incredible. It just adapts so easily. A lot easily. of people have that reaction to wheat. I don't know why. I've, I've, um, you know, there's the people that can't eat gluten. Iliacs. Yeah. And you know what I think it is? I remember thinking about this with children too. There's so many children that have come in with allergies, dairy allergies, like my daughter's not a child anymore. She's, you know, an adult, but she said that she was allergic to sort of milk product. And I thought, uh, you know, I asked my guides about like, what's going on? And they said, well, it's not the food itself, really. It's the way the food's prepared and it's not really sustainable to your planet, the way that we prepare our food. And so mm -hmm. these kids are coming in um, you know, or adults that are coming in uh, that are adult, adults now with these allergies to shift the way we prepare food. So um, yeah, the food the food industry is changing because of people's intolerances and allergies. And, and as the food industry changes, you, you know, we change the sustainable practices or unsustainable practices that we have in um, producing food. But yeah, like cleansing your body really helps you get in touch with spirit in so many ways. I remember yes. talking to a guy that went out bush and he was fasting forever and he was having all these 
amazing experiences with spirit and because uh, he was just so yeah so yeah what happened with you bianca what what was the first thing that you noticed it started very like little things that i didn't really kind of catch on to in terms of some of my gifts and we all have these gifts it's just whether we tap into them or not um but what kind of started a, a me becoming aware that I had some sort of gift was um, I would be sitting in a room full of people enjoying myself and then somebody would come and sit next to me and all of a sudden I'll get a massive headache and I'm just like whoa this I never get headaches and just asking myself is this mine and then my body kind of saying it's not even yours and then the girl next to me saying oh my gosh I have such a headache and I'm like, oh, can I give you a massage? And I'll give her a massage and my headache goes away. And she's like, oh, I feel so much better. And then she leaves and I'm fine again. And things like having dinner with some friends at a table and then somebody comes in late and they've got a sore ankle, they've broken their ankle. And all of a sudden my ankle just starts to ache. And I'm like, I don't know what's wrong with my ankle. And she's like, oh, mine too. I'm like, yeah, my right ankle. And she's like, yeah, me too. And I'm like, okay, this is really weird because I don't have anything wrong with my ankle. And she's like, oh, I broke my ankle like two days ago, you know, things like that. So I started realizing that I was so open and tuned into everything around me. I was so um, light that I could feel not only my own body, but just be kind of one with everything that, um, I was started to pick up everybody else's feelings as well in my own body. So that's part of my, my alchemy work is that I'm able to tap into that resonance and frequency um, without attachment, without knowing your story and getting into the emotional realm. Um, and like even one client was, um, was somebody else's client actually, and they were there for a massage and um, he was he spoke Chinese so she got me in to to speak Chinese with him because my heritage is half Chinese and um and I was like he was covered with a a, a sheet and I said wow something's wrong with your left ankle what have what's happened there it's really sore and he's like not nothing and he was an older guy I said I said no no, no you've you've done damage to your ankle what is it and he's like nothing and I lifted up the sheet and he had this scar going the whole way down his whole leg all the way down to his ankle I said what what's this and he said oh I did that when I was like five years old and I'm like oh, okay there's some still there's still trauma there that he hasn't healed so it was just going and revisiting that story and and what that was about and why he's still carrying that pain you know those kind of things um, but definitely my, what happened, what the big epiphany, which really kind of freaked me out in a good way was I was in Malaysia at Enlightened Warrior Camp and we did this process during the day, which we don't really, um, they ask us not to talk about it because other people to, to not ruin the surprise for other people if they want to do it. But I don't think they're doing those things anymore. Um, and it was just such a strange morning. We went and I, I met this girl and she talked to me about something. And then I went, um, and we were blindfolded and we, we were 
it was a kind of a preparation to go in a Namipi, which is a sweat lodge, um, Native American Indian sweat lodge. And I hadn't done one of these before. And yeah, they had warned us before we went to Malaysia about wild boar. And be careful of the wild boar because they, they kind of run around and they can be pretty dangerous because they can be pretty big. And I was like, oh, okay. Anyway, I didn't see any wild boar while, I, while we were there, but um, we did this preparation in and eating breakfast together, blindfolded, and people kind of went away. Um, they, you just heard people moving and leaving and you kind of sit there thinking, okay, when, when is it my turn, so to speak? And just before the Namipi, um, we got taught by a Native American Indian guy about what an amipi was and things like that so we're all sitting on the ground and he's sitting on a chair and all of a sudden I just see everybody just get up I'm sitting right next to him uh there's about 40 people sitting down on the ground and everyone just gets up like some people got up so quickly they bumped their heads together and were bleeding and I thought oh there's a wild boar coming through the crowd and it was this snake king cobra that came straight up to me. It was about a meter away from me. And the girl, I just went into this trance, you know, this, there was a girl behind me just screaming her head off. I just turned around and I just went, I'm scared of snakes, but she, I just said, it's okay. It's just a snake. And I turned around and I just had immense love for this snake. I was just in awe talking with it. And it was just in a meter in front of me, looking at me and I'm looking at it and I'm just, I was just so enwrapped in love for it. And we just had this telepathic communication of, I love you so much. Like it was just incredible. And then I just kind of sent it away and it left. And then I came out of that trance and I was like, oh my gosh, it's chaotic. Like I turned around and looked at um, Hawk, the, the Native American Indian guy, and he was standing on his chair. <laughs> it was like... <laughs> So it was, and then, you know, the mind likes to kick in and everybody's kind of going, oh, what about if it comes into the tent and all those kind of things, you know, fear comes in after that. And then we did the, we did four rounds of the Namipi and there was a big bonfire on the outside after that. And when I came out, I stood around the fire and opened my palms um, out to just breathe in the warm air, even though it was very hot in the in the tent. We got doused with cold water and then we're in front. I looked down at my palms and I literally could put my finger through my palms of my hand and could see the universe on the outside. I know it sounds really crazy, but I, I basically, my hands turned into the universe and I was like, it's broad daylight. It's, you know, it's three o'clock in the afternoon. I'm not going crazy. Like I don't have any drugs in my system. And how can I do this? And I closed my eyes and looked up to the sky and I just saw this immense, it was like the brightest white blue light I had ever seen. Like, like if you imagine um, the birth of a star and I closed my eyes and I was just in love with this, this feeling that I was in. And 
I ended up standing there watching. It felt like maybe two, three minutes. I was there for a few hours. Everybody had left. It was nearly nighttime. And I had been like that for, yeah, quite a few hours. I just had no idea what was going on. I was just like, well, that was intense. That was amazing. And wow. yeah, I just kind of was like, okay, whatever that means. I don't know what it means, but it was almost, it felt like it was a birth of a star, like I was seeing the birth of a star. Wow. And, um, and it was only about a year later that I found out that our palms actually grow out of our heart and fetus and Wow. The, the chakras of the heart is actually in the palms of the hand, which is the feminine and the masculine, the, the feminine being on the left and the masculine energy being on the right. So, yeah, it was like, um, yeah, it was just like portals had opened. So yeah, parts absolutely. of my heart had opened. Absolutely. Uh, that's how I can, my rational mind can kind of rationalize what, what the experience that I have had. Yeah, um, I mean, mystical experiences are hard to put, put into, into a, words. Yeah, yeah. Linear, a linear, <laughs> linear con, you know, concepts that our minds can understand. But w- what I want to know is, like, when you were sort of in this trance with the snake, what was the being? Like, I felt like it was a being inside the snake that was communicating to you through the snake, you know? Yeah, like, absolutely. Um what was it communicating with you and and pure love just it, love yes. it's not just you know, not just love it, but can't just it say was just love complete and utter gratitude mixed with pure unconditional love it was like the essence of everything and i was a part of that and we like in my head while i was speaking with it i wasn't speaking english i was speaking like uh, a, a light language but it, it was able to understand me kind of like Harry Potter when he was like speaking with the snake you know in tongue. it really was like that but the essence of it the message was just it was just this pure pure love this unconditional love that I've never felt before it was incredible yeah and that was the same feeling that I got when when I could see that light um it was just bliss how know? beautiful how long ago was this Nirvana. this was in, was in 2012 yeah yeah and since yeah. then you know oh there's been so many different so many so many different types of those kind of experiences so when you um, came out of this experience you probably had more questions than when you went in like what what happened to me did you no maybe not, not really not really i really wasn't focused on that I just kind of I was living in the moment all the time um because of the courses that I was on I really was so very present and and pretty much everything that I was wanting kind of just manifested you know um I wasn't really earning that much money at the time because I was doing part-time work as a waitress and yet uh, everything just fell into place for me to go to Malaysia, go to Brisbane. Like these courses were all around Australia. They were in Canada, in, in North America and Malaysia. And every time I just somehow spirit would just give me the funds to, to, to go there. The same thing with America um, when I went over there. 
I was, I had volunteered to do, um, to be like the crew for warrior camp, but there was a wizard camp over there that I wanted to do. So I didn't even have the, my, I sold everything I owned pretty much and, and didn't have a place to live a week before. And I didn't even have flight tickets to go, but I had booked it and I was already there. Like to me, I was like, I'm going no matter what. And I, I didn't have the money to buy a ticket. I didn't like, it just really full faith, just completely. And I've done quite a few things like that in my life where I've just gone all out in pure faith that I'm so committed to this and I know it's meant for me that I can sell everything I own and not have any money and go and I know that I'll be okay. I'm kind of doing that at the moment. I've, I've been in between homes or kind of homeless for like a year and a half now with me and my son, which is I found when I was single and didn't have somebody dependent on me was much easier to do. But then when you have a child who's dependent on you and, and needs that structure of going to school and all those things, it's definitely been a lot harder to have that faith because you're kind of like, oh, I need a backup plan. You, but you, wor- you worry more. Yeah, you worry more. Absolutely. I think you feel moment, responsible. Yeah. yeah, my son was born. I haven't stopped worrying since. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's challenging to come back into the present moment because the when you have somebody dependent on you, you really do get into the future. Yeah, you are, you than, worry that they're enjoying themselves, that you're doing the best yeah, for them, and absolutely. Uh, yeah, I know. Uh, but the, so yeah, go on. But it's always coming back to the present moment. That's 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 the key, really. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, what, what you said was when you experienced these things that you were so in the flow, not sort of concerned about what's happening next, just in that present moment and enjoying them as they're happening, like the key yeah. to the key to manifestation, right? That's not how we live our lives unless yeah. we're doing some sort of course or doing we're in constant meditation. But can we live our lives like that? I think yes, but we just have been conditioned to not live our lives like that. Well, so I keep trying to prove to myself that we can. And that's that's kind of been my journey since 2012 is living my life that way. Yeah. Even with all the extra bits of yeah, things involved. Yeah. So when did you start looking into manifestation and being a deliberate creator and law of attraction. And that's because it said, what do you say here that you're obsessed with? Um, yeah, yeah, I've, um, I've always been able to manifest very quickly. And I think being a life path number three has helped with that because things come into matter that way. Yeah. I've always been able to just, because I have so much commitment and faith in whatever it is that I'm doing, that it just comes together like you know and even external intention uh, manifestation has been quite easy for me like I've manifested two cars exactly what I've wanted I remember coming back from Europe I lived in Europe for a year and I came back and didn't have much money and wanted a car and I just stated out to the universe okay what's a car that's you know cheap to run Toyota Camry's good car um I definitely want a sedan it needs to be automatic I've only got a thousand five hundred bucks to spend so it needs to be that price or under and uh, I don't care what color as long as it's not yellow 
And um, a week later, I'm at work at uh, at SBS. They they took me back in as soon as I arrived back in the country. And my my girlfriend goes, oh, in the local kind of um, internal website, there's somebody selling a Toyota Camry in radio. Why don't you go and have a look at it? I'm like, yeah, cool. So I meet the guy and he shows me the car and it's a Toyota Camry, a sedan, automatic, and it's yellow. <laughs> and it's 1,500. So I bought the car, but, you know, it just goes to show that the mind really doesn't, doesn't hear the nose and the knots. Um, yeah. And a few years later, uh, I did the same with another car. That car, my my ex-boyfriend had taken that car, Daisy, and I needed a new car, another car. And this time I really didn't have any money. <laughs> so I was like, I need to manifest a free car. <laughs> Toyota Camry's great. You know, they was it was such a good car, uh, easy to run, cheap to run. And my boyfriend, my ex-boyfriend had wanted this cam- uh, like a station wagon. And I really didn't like station wagons. And I was like, oh. I know this time I'm going to say what color I absolutely want, which is not yellow. It's red. I'm going to say I want a red, red Toyota Camry automatic and it needs to be free. And as long as it's not um, a station wagon, I forgot to say I want a sedan. And literally a few weeks later, a friend of mine said, oh, can you help me? I'm going to go and buy a car. And if I buy it, I need somebody to drive my car back home. And I'm like, sure went with him he actually bought a um, Toyota Camry station wagon white it was manual but just before we left the owners of that that sold him that car said oh there's another one out the front if you want that and I was like what and it's like there's another car out the front it's um and it was a Toyota Camry station wagon automatic red (laughs) I was like for free just come and pick it up take it away that's so I was like, okay. So, oh, yeah, I've always been really, and that was back in 2012, maybe even earlier. So I've been, I've always been really good at manifesting, but really I never knew whether it was, I was always kind of afraid to go into whether it was my life unfolding or something that I created um okay great question so what do you think the answer to that is is it your life unfolding or are you creating it like is it destiny or are you creating it with your thinking in the moment correct yeah and um that was something that I've kind of tried to prove to myself all these years is which one is it um being a card reader you know it's so easy to see somebody's uh future like in the cards and see someone's past like the energy's there but what is it that we're picking up on and and how does that affect people and how does that affect my life and my journey and and fate well last year with the lockdown in Sydney I spent a lot of time spirit kind of told me to to rest quite a bit and really go within and I spent a lot of time going into the I am presence to the to the creator's presence and what I found was we are so so far more powerful than we have any idea of 
the power to be able to influence the weather. And it's, it is through our belief systems that create everybody's living different truths at the moment. You know, we could be in the same city and really have somebody's having an amazing life and somebody's really going through the wars and having such a challenging time. And this is all I'm finding. It's all through our own perspectives, belief systems and assumptions that are programmed that we have programmed within ourselves. And so our subconscious mind of what we're not aware of is really driving our path. And, and it's uh, the more aware we can become of that, we get, we get to choose. Um, and I think the last time we had a conversation, we we're talking about just about um, choice and free will. And really we think that um, the free will comes in the choice in the now moment. And yes, it does. But what, what really happens is if we're not aware and conscious, our choice actually comes from the assumption of what we're playing out the movie or the role of our lives in. So if we have the hold the perspective of something, of one thing, and we assume that to be true, then all our actions after that are very automatic in tune with that one frequency of, of getting us to that goal. So it's really the, the assumption on what we hold to be true that we are to be conscious of and aware of so that we can play out our lives. Um, we are definitely the creators, whether we know so or not. And anything playing out right now, us doing this video is old news. It's something that we've already asked for in our lives. And now it's just, we get the, we get the fantastic joy of playing it out. But it definitely is the present moment with heightened, heightened emotion, whether negative or positive, heightened emotion in that moment. If you'll have presence and awareness to it, it will come to, to life. It will be birthed. And I slowed down so much last year where for months I pretty much didn't talk to anyone. I looked after my son when he was with me and then when he was with his dad, I, I spent just time alone, not talking with anyone, meditating a lot and just really going in and playing. It's such playing with the field, playing with the I am creators matrix of I'm going to consciously think about this and manifest this and then go out into the world and see it unfold. And it's almost immediate when you that when when you clear so much out and you don't have the influence of everybody else's storylines mixed with yours, you really can see how quickly we are able to manifest our thoughts into reality. Like it's it's very, very quick. Yeah. And, and get it's, it's and just getting, a matter of focus and attention and, and getting, intention. Yeah. And getting quicker all the time. It is. Mm. Yeah. I felt back in 2012, I could see my manifestations come in about three months time. And then when, as I got um, probably by 2014, 15, it started becoming like every two days I could see it coming. And now it's, same day it's almost like manifest go outside 
but it scared me. It really did. Having that much power is scary because I've manifested from the ego mind many times as we do. And that path is not so fun. (laughs) (laughs) Unless it is. Yeah, it's all an experience. (laughs) In my experience, it's been... um, it's been a great learning curve, but manifesting from, in my experience, manifesting from the ego mind brings a lot of lessons. Yes. Yeah. yeah that's Whereas manifesting from heart, intention from just love and not really going into any of it, like I was doing in 2012, literally was just next positive thing after next positive thing after, like I was living life like, I was staying in five-star hotels in Canada, even though I had no money. Um, I was, you know, in, I was in LA waiting to go to Peru. All the hotels were fully booked and my flight got canceled. I had to do another flight. And I, I just sat on the bed and told my partner at the time, I just said, that's okay. I'm going to manifest a free hotel room for us. And I just said to him, Tomorrow, somebody's just going to give us their key. And that was it. I didn't worry about it anymore. I didn't think about it anymore. Sure enough, the next day, we sit, we check out. We're sitting there in the lobby going, oh, where to go next? And this guy comes up, sits down, American guy sits down next to me, start talking with him. He's going, he's going to Australia. I'm like, oh, we're Australian, blah, blah, strike a, a conversation. He's like, yeah, my flight leaves tonight. Oh, great have a great day we went off we did some sightseeing in LA we came back we sat down in the same spots and he comes down from his room and he he says have you guys been sitting here all day I said no no we've we've been out we've just come back because we're thinking what are we going to do next we don't have a room or anything he's like here have mine I'm going so (laughs) it's like if you drink anything from the mini bar just pay for it like okay thank you so it's just really it's really having that presence and faith and asking for what you want from a from a a loving heart place not from a oh I really want need this I mean just yeah so you were saying before that like us having this conversation is old news now we get to experience so it's all it's already been created in some vibrational creation and now we're living it out so do you think that the Going back to your question, is it destiny or am I creating in the moment? Do you think that you having the vision of someone handing your keys over and giving you a free room, was you predicting the future or creating the future? Definitely creating because it's our imagination. For me, at least in my, in my experience, I really truly believe that imagination is, is the God. It, it, is, it is our birthright to create that's what we're here for we we are creators and it's our it's through our imagination that we create and the beauty of it is the way that mother earth and 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 father sky intertwine and the universe works is is so incredible because we can see a timeline and the way things unfold and what actually had to happen in order for that experience to come about but what it really is, is about us becoming vessels 
of light basically so that we're attuned to the frequency we are tuned to that that high vibe frequency um okay put it this way energy is always created and it can it can't be taken away but it can be transmuted and so if somebody's having a bad crappy day and they're angry and they go up to somebody and they transfer that anger and it and it affects that other person because they're not grounded and not not exact they're too emotional or or connected or attached to whatever that person is telling them um then the energy is transferred so the anger now shifts the other person feels a bit better because they've gotten the anger out of them and now the other person's kind of going i don't know why i feel crappy right now right however if that person is present enough to realize that that's just energy that's being expressed and they don't attach to that energy they can transmute that energy and it's through love and understanding that we're able to transmute that energy and so um i always like to give this example of when um i was driving around a roundabout in the car with my son in the back and he was doing something that was frustrating me and instead of just recognizing that i was becoming frustrated or just going okay he's he's feeling this way at the moment that's his stuff i got involved and i you know as mums sometimes do and parents sometimes do i was like can you stop that behavior like it really irritated me sure enough going around the roundabout i got a nail in the in the wheel of my car gave me a flat tire i know for a fact that the vibration that i was attuned to that nail was already there so the energy was already there but so was the clean road that had no nail that was already there too because of the vibration that i was holding as i was going around i met up with the nail that was going to give me a flat tire had i not been in that mood in that in that vibration i would have missed the nail altogether and i know that to be true and so the energy's already there it's already created but it's the energy that we hold in the moment that we attract yeah, and it's the choice and yeah and that's why we are all inter interconnected so so wonderfully is because we create all these through our emotions and actions and we we create all these beautiful and not so beautiful things and then we share that you know so i don't know could, if you put the so nail one, there so one could say you didn't create the nail in the road so one could say you're not the creator of circumstance you're the creator of your choices yeah. and the choices align with circumstance so yeah. just like you sp- said before there's a time there's a probable timelines there had you made a different choice in your vibrational stance had you been not upset with your son in the car and you'd been at peace you would have aligned with a different timeline than yeah. the nail yeah so the the answer to the question did i predict it or do it did i create it is both yeah <laughs> It is both. It is both. It's the way that psychics work. You know, when somebody goes to a psychic and they're on a particular trajectory in their vibrational stance, 
and the psychic reads that and looks down that timeline and then they shift their the way they flow their energy their you know how they believe what they think and believe and nothing the psychic says comes true and they say I don't believe in psychic ability because she was wrong or he was wrong but she or he was seeing a a probable timeline that was playing out on that vibrational frequency yeah yeah and and for me as a card reader and as an oracle reader I I very often don't like to predict anything I people come to me and they're kind of expecting me to tell them their future and I say well these these are all probabilities which which timeline do you want to align with so that we can put in those intentions so that you meet up with that timeline you know otherwise it's kind of a bit like voodoo (laughs) it's a bit it can be putting somebody into fate and fate is fatal as a lot of shamans say Um, (laughs) yeah that's what fate is it's fatal whereas allowing the aha moments to come allowing the unknown to unfold the allowing the I have no idea what's going to happen but I have full faith and commitment that what I want will come true that is the essence that's that that's what you want to play with the probability of imagination that I don't know how it's going to unfold yeah we can hold true to a dream and a desire and an intention but we need to surrender how that plays out because the way the universe works is far more spectacular than we could ever, um, our minds could come up with. Yeah. Um, Let's go back to, you, you You said before that, you know, desire from ego versus desire from the heart. Like yeah. Talking about your unfolding spiritual journey and how miracles happened and hotel rooms were available and money came when to do courses. It's amazing how when you're on a trajectory or a timeline that has been planned by your soul. So you've come into this world to remember who you are and then to share that with others, to be a healer or a teacher or a new world, you know, or a starseed or whatever you want to call that. And when you're on that trajectory, how just, I remember for me, doors just fly open. Whereas before when you're struggling to have the career and make the money, like for me anyway, in something that you think that you want to do, it was difficult. But then when I started doing naturopathy and went on the trajectory of like healing and spirituality, doors were just flying open. Did you find that too? Yes, absolutely. I've, um, I can't say that I've ever had to really go for a job or get get jobs and things like that. That's it's always come very easily. I think I've just naturally always known kind of what I want to do and then gone and done that. Um, something's come available, but for sure, in in the sense of I spent most of my life actually not knowing what my purpose is. You know, we all of its purpose, all of it, just you being you and and me being me, it's what we're here to do. And when I use the word purpose of, you know, having an intention and wanting it to, to stick to a diet, what's your purpose? You know, for somebody losing weight might be a very strong incentive and very big purpose for them. Um, for others, it could be health reasons. 
Um, so we're all different in that sense. And and if we're going to come back to um, in terms of dieting or, or ha having a clean diet, my advice after going through all the pendulum swings of of not eating and eating, I would say intuitive eating is the best thing ever. So I'm predominantly vegan now, but if my body wants uh, dairy, um, butter sometimes or, or something like that, I will eat it. If it wants cheese, I will eat it. So I listen to my body rather than saying I'm vegan and I, I don't eat cheese. Um, I used to be like that, but I found that my body knows best. My body knows what it needs when you're clean. If you're allowing your the ego, it will say I want cheese all the time because everybody, most people like cheese, right? <laughs> so if I, if I was going to listen to my body through my mind, it would say, yeah, eat the cheese all the time. But, um, but I'm predominantly vegan and sometimes I will eat cheese if my body feels like it needs something from it. And that was really prevalent to me when I was pregnant. Um, I hated papaya. I, I never liked papaya. Uh, not not really a big fan of watermelon and one day I just went in and just bought papaya and and watermelon and was just eating it um, same thing while I was pregnant I had um, I used to get cramps and I never got cramps in my legs and I went to the shop and I just bought a thing of pickle pickles and I hated pickles it's like why am I buying pickles and I just drank the juice and I never got a cramp again so, and then I looked it up and went, oh, why, what's pickle juice got in it? And it's like top athletes that get major cramps, they drink pickle juice. I was like, oh, okay. So when we eat intuitively without those addictions, we allow our body to just move with its own natural rhythm and heal in its own pace. Sorry, I got a bit off track there. I really wanted to stay, say that for some reason. Um, what was the main question? so funny sorry Karen that's all right now the question was let's explore desire from ego versus desire from well you said the heart but I would say where you're listening to your soul's like intentions or desires like your soul desires so we make a plan to experience something in this life I want to experience this this and this before we come and then we come into this world and we're surrounded by programming and, you know, we have egos yeah. and, and, and then we think this is like stuff that we want. Like, I really want this. I really want this because everybody else has it because, you know, let's explore desire. Cause you said at the beginning of this, yeah, when you, when you, you know, it's painful when you sort of do the desire from ego. So yeah, let's explore that. It can be, well, it just means that there's more lessons, right? Um, and I say that because there's been a few times where I've manifested, especially with relationships, where I've kind of manifested the exact man that I've wanted. I've manifested the way he looks, eye colour, height, what he does for a living, how he eats, all those kind of things. And literally the men have come to me looking like that and I've just gone, okay, this is interesting and I've gone, this is, this is exactly what I want and da, 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 da. And I'll give you the example of, um, for me, when I, went to, uh, when I went to North America for my wizard course, uh, I had sold everything I owned because my plan was to travel down to Peru 
and live in Peru for two years um, to study shamanism. So uh, at the time, my auntie had had a very good friend of hers who was a Peru who is a Peruvian shaman. He used to come to Australia once a year and give talks and do a lot of healings and um, had quite a lot of mystical experiences with him as well. And what had happened was I had fear about doing it alone. So subconsciously, I really wanted, I felt like I needed a man to protect me on this journey. So I clearly remember running on the beach and manifesting this guy that was going to come into my life and be my hero and savior and um, maybe protect me along my journey. Anyway, that guy turned out to be my, my son's father. We're not together anymore. I met him. He was everything that I had asked for. And when that happens, we really don't allow ourselves to see from a balanced perspective. Because when we manifest like that from the ego, when that person comes into your life, you're only seeing those things that you've created because it's just like, wow, it's such a big shock that everything that you've asked for from, from that space has come true, that that's all you're seeing. And you put them up on a pedestal. And when things are on a pedestal, there's a lot of space to fall. And the higher you put them, the, the bigger the fall. And that comes into pendulums. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of the book Reality Transurfing. Talks a lot about uh, by Vadim uh, Zealand. Talks a lot about pendulum swings. Say the name of it again. Reality. Um, reality Transurfing. Transurfing. Transurfing, yeah. And, and who's the author? Vadim um, Zealand. Vadim Z-E-L-A-N-D. Zealand. No, I haven't heard of that book. Sounds I think he's Russian. He gets into a lot about um, the laws of the universe and how the pendulum swings. And it's very relevant to today's world because we're seeing the pendulum swing in in the health industry, in, in Ooh, medical, yeah. in, in all of those things because Ooh, yeah. we've been so unbalanced in the masculine energy yeah. You know, as a as a collective, as humanity, what we're experiencing now is the swing to the divine feminine. And, you know, it is a law. What goes that way has to come that way in equal same amount of force. So we're really getting to see how unbalanced we have been living mm -hmm. um, through this time. And that's why we know it's going to, we're going to keep swinging. There's still going to be movement, but eventually we come to balance. So basically, I manifested this guy. I still went to North America, but I was, I manifested him to come all the way to America. Like 10 days after I left, I manifested a free $5,000 ticket, course ticket for, he, he could come. All he had to do was pay for his flights and he could join me on this journey. So he did. And then he went back. And then when I was in America, in LA, he quit his job and came over again. And I had already pre-planned with um, my, my family friend, the shaman. I had planned this uh, and paid for my trip with him in the Amazon, going deep into the Amazon and doing ayahuasca and all those things. And 
before, while I was in the States, I managed to contact him and said, look, is there any chance of, of this, this guy, my new boyfriend coming with me? And the shaman said, no. And I knew that I was at a crossroads. I could feel it. I could see my two paths and I, my soul was saying, you need to go on this journey. It's your journey. This is what you've been creating without any influence from somebody else's life. This is what you need to do. And I had so much fear that I hadn't looked at that I chose the, the guy. And so I went to Peru anyway, and he came with me. And it was a very different journey. We still met up with shamans and did spiritual, spiritual work, but it wasn't anything like my two years I ended up staying there for four and a half months and it was a very different journey and the shaman that I did see over there um when I said goodbye he was like yeah good luck with the baby and I'm like there's no baby that was the other couple he's like yeah yeah good luck and as sure enough as soon as I came back to Australia one month later I, I got pregnant and so it was a very different journey but I know that it was it was a it was an ego thing of what I thought I needed. It it came from a place of fear, not came from a place from, of love. It came from a place of fear, but it still produced a beautiful son. <laughs> it absolutely did, for sure. It did. Oh yeah. I could look um, back on my and, journey and say, you know, mistakes, mistakes, mistakes. I remember knowing before I married my first husband that this is something I really didn't want to do, and I went ahead with it anyway. And then it still produced a beautiful daughter. So. You could say they were mistakes or wrong path. but Definitely they, wasn't they a wrong really. path. Yeah. It wasn't a mistake. And I really, over the years um, of everything that I went through after we separated, there was court hearings for four and a half years. There was a lot of oh. stuff. I actually went through, um, and believe you, it was really tough time, like really, really hard. But I went through a shamanic initiation mm -hmm. and I can pinpoint every initiation that I went through. Um, and it was just, I was just dumbfounded at the end of it when, when I got all these downloads and said, you're, you're now a create, you've got the creator's rights. And I was just like, wow. I even down to an earth keeper, you know, they would, a, a dead a dead rat would be at my front doorstep and and uh, or in the passageway going into my building and I would look at it and go oh you know my ego side of the the Bianca side of me would just go oh come on son let's walk the other way we won't use that until somebody else cleans it up and I'd look at it and a, a feather would fall on it and look like an eagle and there's a message for me there that I have to go and, and, and clean it up and bury this, this, this rat. And I'm like, I'm not touching a rat. Like, you know, I don't want to touch a dirty rat. And um, it would just play on my mind and I'll get messages all night going, you have to go and bury this rat. And, and it's so funny because what, what it was, was the birds, they left a feather on it to say don't don't eat this rat it's not it's not it's poisoned because um somebody had put poison so it had died oh okay so they and left they put the feather on it for the other birds so i'm thinking yes. 
what person's going to eat the rat? But you're saying yeah. the birds, the birds. Yeah, the, the birds, the birds put the feather rat. on it so right. that other birds don't eat it. Right. And I was getting messages from the birds, from the animal kingdom to say, I have to go and bury this, otherwise birds will die. Right. And so um, I eventually, after a few days, it took me a few days to get up the courage and I was <laughs> at work uh, and my client, um, I was like, oh, I'll do it today. I'll do it today. And I was like, but I got to go now, like, you know, and my client canceled on me and I was like, okay, that's really spirit saying, yeah. no, you got to go and do it right now. Go bury the rat. And so I went back <laughs> and sure enough, I had lost a black obsidian, which is a protective crystal, maybe six months before. I don't know how it got there. I walked that path for six months every day. It was right next to the rat. I was like, where did this come from? And so I buried it, and um, and that was initiation of of being an earth keeper. And so yeah, I had I've had a lot of initiations along the way. So it definitely wasn't. That's the beauty of Mother Earth and and of the universe is that you're never going off track when you listen to your soul's urge. You're never off track. You're always. It doesn't matter if you take that route or that route or the straight route. You will always come back to the place the thing while you're there while you're here for absolutely but definitely resistance and fear is the long windy path <laughs> yeah it's, it doesn't really matter what choices you're going to get lessons from it, all of it you know could be easy like I was speaking to Geraldine Orozco a couple of weeks ago and she said over Christmas she went and did a silent retreat and sort of fasted and everything and, I, and then over Christmas I got sick and I thought, had I done a silent retreat and fasted, I probably wouldn't have needed to have, you know, sickness bring me down to keep me still yeah. and, and, and rest. And, you know, so we have these choices. We can listen to yes. the impulses within or we can listen to the mind saying, nope, you've got to do this. I remember yeah. having a powerful lesson moving in with, I was kicked out of yet another house. And the thought was I'm a single mom that, you know, is working uh, I had closed a business and I was trying to start up a business as, you know, going back into massage and healing. And I'm thinking, I'm not, what real estate agent's going to give me a house, you know? So, but my ex-manager of the shop I owned was moving out, long story short, she'd broken up with her boyfriend. She wanted to get out of the house because it reminded, but it was a great house. So I had said to her, can I move in with you? And then when you find a new place, you move out and I'll take on the lease and that will save me having to apply. Anyway, it all went really, really pear-shaped and she turned into a maniac and threw us out of the house and took out all my, like it was a hideous experience. When I sat down and thought about it, like how did I create that experience? It was such a great idea, like moving into this great house. I wouldn't have to go to a real estate agent, sign a lease. And it was because I had fear, like I feared that they wouldn't accept me because of, you know, I didn't have enough. So the fear was the dominant decision in that. And then the fear created the drama. And I thought, wow, it's amazing when you look at the yes. decisions you make. And when it, when it looked like a good idea, practical, solving a problem, but the problem comes from your fear rather than just saying, I can create whatever I want. I don't have to fear real estate agents not thinking that I'm a viable prospect, you know, just go out there and do what you want and let go of the fear, yeah. Yeah, it really is. And that's really the point of the last few years 
is choosing love over fear and choosing that no matter what happens, trusting that we're okay. No matter what happens, trusting that we're on the path because we trust ourselves enough to make the right choice at the right time rather than looking at the negative. And really what I've, what I've really come to learn over the past, you know, the talk of fifth dimensional consciousness and, and living in 5D really is a perspective. It is a perspective shift. And I've been living in 5D for quite a long time because it's been a perspective shift for me. It's mm -hmm. always, and, and do we dip into 3D consciousness? Yes, mm -hmm. there's always that. And you come back into, but in the 3D, when you are conscious, you can come straight back into 5D again, you know, and fourth dimensional conscious in the, in the dream world, lucid dreaming, all of those kind of things. But yeah, it, it really is that consciousness of, of perception. Yeah, for a shift from fear to love. Yeah. Uh, yeah, from fear of can I have what I want, I can't get what I want, to uh, knowing that you're completely loved and supported and all is well and whatever yeah. you can imagine you can create. It, it is a, per persp a per perspective shift, yeah. Yeah, and it's really knowing thyself, knowing yourself, knowing your ego becoming such good friends with your ego that you know how the ego is going to respond in in a circumstance in a situation knowing how your ego is going to be triggered and and saying to the ego okay i know that you're triggered right now how can i help you you know becoming right. your ego's best friend so exactly. that you can work together to have win-win for everyone and and you know, words like, but they get taken out in 5D because it's words like, and how can we help? How, how can we work together so that it all, it all falls into place? You get what you want and I get what I want. From, um, from that kind of consciousness, they're really, you can really see in the world that there, it doesn't matter what pendulum, how far the pendulum swung, there is no right or wrong. There is no, that person is evil, you know, even the, the most evilest person that somebody could say, oh, that person is evil, or that person has bad intentions. From that kind of perspective, you understand that it's all life playing out in its beautiful way. And it's, um, it's Christ consciousness, right? It's Christ consciousness. And, and you really get to, to see and feel and vibrate at that level. It's like subscribing to a channel. If you don't subscribe to a channel, you won't see that information uh, that that channel is broadcasting or tuning into a, tuning in your frequency to, to a radio station. If you're on one radio station, because that's the one that you love, you're going to listen to it all the time. Um, it's only when you tune into other frequencies that you can hear, hear the other channels and what they're broadcasting. And if you don't like it, you can tune back to your, the one that you love. And that's really, it's, it's that simple, but yet so hard. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a belief. It's not hard. It's easy. It's, it really is that simple. And when you practice it, it and it becomes habit, it really is that simple. Yeah. Um, We've just been conditioned and 
the way the world has been has been the way we've set it up and projected ourselves we haven't known this information and there have been quite a lot of people to use in their benefit uh, programming us to to look at one one way of of living you know what's interesting i think that we have had access to this information for thousands of years it's just that we've been bombarded with the opposite message um, and with the advent of television and media even more so. But if yeah. you look at the scriptures, all the scriptures, the Buddhists, the Hindus, yeah, you know, the Upanishads, the Bible, it's all in there. It's, it is all in there. You are I mean, to others you... as you would have them do to you. Yeah. It's, it's the law of attraction and manifesting how, how to manifest how to flow your energy in a way that it's all there it's just there's been a louder broadcast there's a louder radio station playing over the top of it but it's all there if, if for the ears to listen for people it to listen. is and i think um, that as we're moving uh, shifting and evolution on this planet it's no longer information that you sit down and read in a book it's a way of living we really have to start living it as our truth really living it not just like listening to the information going, yeah, I agree with that, I agree with that, and then doing the opposite. <laughs> it's like really applying the knowledge. We're at a time now where we're applying what's been taught for like, I don't know, three, 4,000 years throughout, yeah. you know, throughout the ages from all the spiritual teachers, rishis, gurus, and uh, spiritual leaders. Yeah, you've definitely, action is required and integra integral action it's yeah. it's being in alignment and having that integrity to follow through and i think um and trusting 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 yeah trusting trusting and, in what and, your heart knows yeah darling one that's a beautiful message to finish on what have you got going on that you'd like to tell people about have you got anything it's happening? been an interesting year because I, I really slowed down last year um things have picked up again this year I've come across, have you heard of Matteo Di Stefano? From, yeah, Your Soy I Am. The 22nd of the seconds coming up uh, of 2022. He's doing a lot of stuff in Egypt. He's doing a big uh, portal activation, uh, which is all about acting, you know. Activation is actually doing and what you were talking about. It's not just about listening to the information anymore. It's actually about taking action. On, on what you believe. And I'm doing a lot of planetary alchemy work. I've been doing that for quite a few years now, which is a kind of a solo process in, in terms of where I do it, but uh, I'm connected with many others around the world. I didn't know about Matthias Di Stefano uh, back in 2012. I actually only started to know about him over the last few years. And it was through my mum that, that told me about him. And I really just want to bring attention, I guess, and awareness to his work because um, listening to his story, I feel like I've been on a very, very similar path. And I also feel like in 2012, he was doing activations and awakening and with portal openings. Um, and I feel like we've been on the same, we've been getting the same guidance. Yeah, anybody go and, go and look at his stuff. Um, for me personally, I'm, a, I'm allowing myself to be a vessel, to be the will of, of the creator in, in the sense of I'm trying to 
get my ego out of the way as much as possible so that my my soul's frail my soul's wisdom can just flow and so i'm not really too sure it hasn't really the the next steps haven't really been dropped in yet potentially some more online work and doing some more group work um and maybe helping other people to um really understand uh, i'm still doing energy work i'm still doing an uh, energy alchemy and and readings and things like that people that have come to see me have really just found me from this and that and that and it's and it's just come through that way so yeah stay tuned i'm not really sure what i'm doing next <laughs> it's a good question um, but I'm, I'm allowing it to unfold. Are you going to go to Egypt and do the activation with Mateo? I won't, but I will be doing, I will be doing the, I think on the 9th, he starts doing the program. So if anybody's not going to go to Egypt um, and but still wants to be a part of it, you can still be the Ether group. Um, and that's free to, mm, to join. Yeah. Gorgeous one. It's been beautiful to share your story Thank today. you so much. I love your show. I Thank love you what so you do. Much. I love all the people that come on and share their stories. And it doesn't matter how wacky. And, you know, if you asked me to, if I was going to say something, anything like I've said and exposed uh, of my life stories before 2012, I'd be like, that woman is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Dying, there's still a lot of people that think I'm crazy and that's all good. <laughs> Here's, here's to the crazy ones. I was, I shared yeah. with my online group that old Apple ad, you know, here's to the crazy ones, the renegades, the misfits. They're the people that think that they can change the world and they're the people that will. So yeah. here's to the crazy ones. We are the ones we've been waiting for. We are the ones. We are the ones we've been waiting for. Thank yeah. you so much. It's Thank been you, Karen. Thanks so much. Love you. Isn't Bianca wonderful? She's got so much wisdom to share honestly and I loved her stories I loved all of them the snake the rat experiencing the universe in the palm of a hand amazing incredible stories loved that loved that show with Bianca just wonderful so this year starting in March I'm offering some online courses I've done this many times before usually in the flesh the courses that I've been running deliberate creation being the theme we're kicking off with Meet Your Spirit Guides and Spiritual Team, which is like a four-week course, and Deliberate Creation 101, how we are. I'm explaining to people, I've explained it, I explain it every week in my online group, but I'm putting it into a course, how we are the creators of our reality, much like the conversation Bianca and I had today, developing your psychic and intuitive abilities and an advanced deliberate creation course, because there's a lot more to this conversation than the basics, but I'm offering the basics in one course. And then I'm going to do a DNA reprogramming and healing course, which is about unraveling the limiting thought forms that we have embedded in our subconscious mind and allowing the DNA to shift, which is it's all really all these different courses is one conversation sort of separated into different, different uh, programs. But, um, yeah, I love teaching and um, I'm excited about doing these courses. They're all online courses. I haven't got all the dates and prices organized yet. I'm working on that at the moment. And then I'm offering Stepping Out as a New World Teacher for those people who want to put themselves out there as a teacher in some way with their um, 
abilities to channel or tune in or whatever ability you have offering that and how to do that. I've been showcasing new old teachers now for a good 25 years and um, working as a healer and teacher for over 30 years. And I've experienced, I've traveled the world seeing shamans and healers. Anyway, I've got a wealth of knowledge to share with people. And that course will be, uh, it's the mo- most expensive and the most time uh, 12-week course will be practical tips as well as, you know, developing your spiritual abilities. So check it out. It's on karenswain.com slash online courses with Karen Swain. You'll see it on my website, what I've got to offer. And uh, yeah, I'm excited about doing it. Of course, it's all online, so you can be anywhere in the world. For the time frames, what I'm going to do is I'm going to do a morning course, which will be a weekday here in Australia. And that will cater to people in uh, the UK, uh, at the US and the UK, because it'll be their afternoon and night. And then I'm going to do a night course, the same course on the same day for the Australian or Asian or people that are at work and also for Europe if you can't do the other course. So it'll be twice a day for the different time zones around the world. So hopefully there will be something that you can find some time if you're interested in coming along. So, yeah, send me an email, check out the website and let me know if you're interested and um, we'll we'll get you signed up. I'm offering discounts to my private clients and also my Inner Sanctum crew. Uh, of course, but they're not expensive and it's all in Australian dollars. So it's even less if you're in Europe or the US. And coming up in the Inner Sanctum this month, February uh, 12th, 13th, it'll be Sunday, Saturday, Sunday, Saturday in the US afternoon, Sunday morning here in Australia. Stephen Simon is coming in as our guest teacher. This is now open free to the public when I say free I'm asking for donations if you want to give us a donation that would be great and it will be uh, if you want to join us on zoom I'll send you the zoom link and the password to get in or it'll be live streamed on my youtube channel as well if you want to ask questions in the chat if you're on the live stream those people will get to ask questions more than the chat to see how I can multitask to get all the questions um, available, but I'm excited about Stephen coming into the inner sanctum. Be wonderful. So I hope to see you there. He's a wealth of knowledge about, he's been in the spiritual genre, making movies. He's a wealth of knowledge about the movie industry. He, you know, he's met lots of famous people if you're into that sort of thing. The famous people I love that he knows is like people like Neil Donald Walsh and, you know, the rock stars in the spiritual community or the spiritual industry or whatever you want to call it. But uh, he's a wealth of knowledge and, of course, his wife died uh, about three and a half years ago and he's been communicating with her across the veils and he wrote a book about it, What Dreams Have Come. So we're going to discuss that as well and his experience with uh, his Lauren, his beautiful wife, yeah, coming up in February. So sign up on the website, karenswain.com slash sanctum, And uh, remember to check out the book, Awakened by Death, if you haven't already. It's very cheap on Kindle. I think it's like $4 American, $4.44. Yeah, check it out. Thanks again for listening and watching and sharing the shows. Love you big time. Bye for now.